chic and creative and thought-provoking. I feel like I used to see you all the time. We mm -hmm. met when you worked at Tootsie's and you were the store manager now. You are at the Museum of Fine Arts and you are living your best life and you are living the authentic life. So thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for having me. This is such a delight to be here. We recently had mm. a drinks and dinner at the bar at the museum at... Le Jardinier. Yes, you say mm. it with a much more eloquent <laughs> accent. It's not, it's not even a French accent, but I try my best. And you do speak mm. French. I do not. I do not. But you um, live this incredible life, which I think of being as chic as Emily in Paris, mm. that you're in this and this museum every day ex around art, but also able mm -hmm. to work with fashion still. Mm -hmm. So you started out here in Houston at U of H, <clears throat> and true. you worked at Kulinskum for mm -hmm. a while, which, mm -hmm. guys, if you haven't been to Kulinskum, that space, there's Amazing. eight buildings Great training now. ground for anything. Yes, and I would just mm -hmm. think the merchandising there. So let's talk about your humble beginnings to this sure. dream job? Um, well, it kind of, um, you know, I think when I initially moved to Houston in 1998, okay, I knew that I wanted to create some sort of a career in retail. My father had hardware stores in little rural towns outside of North Texas. And, um, and when we moved here, you know, when I was thinking about doing a, a certain degree plan, I found that U of H had a retailing to consumer sciences program. And as I was going down this journey, um, I got my first really stint working for a really cool store uh, called Mix. Do you remember Mix Boutique? Evelyn Gorman owned Mix. Yes. And she hired me on a whim one day when I walked in, introduced myself and said that this was my dream and I wanted to pursue this career. And so she happened to be going fas to Fashion Week in Europe and needed some part-time help just filling in. So I was like, I will sweep the floor, I will make coffee, I will do whatever you need me to do. And so that was kind of like my first introduction into this world that I thought was very glamorous. And um, But I want to stop you yes, there please. because you said mm -hmm. you would sweep the floor and do whatever. Whatever and, it took. And I think that's, it's a unique position to be in because a lot of young people today don't realize that to be where you are, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, like, I sometimes just don't like to get the vacuum out and I'm on the floor in the back <laughs> office picking up stuff sure, off sure. the ground still. There's a lot of grit, <laughs> a lot of grit and not so glamorous things about, you know, being in that role, but it's it's duty calls, you know, that's you kind of have to know the gamut and, and that's kind of where it began for me. So. And then your opening, so I remember her, it was almost like a gallery it was over. Um, oh, of a Colquitt. Yes. yes. And it was yes. almost as though it was a townhome or something. Uh, I think it was a custom built, I mean, custom design. Um, and, uh, but yes, it was a very unique contemporary building, uh, almost like a gallery setting. I mean, that, that is a great way to describe it because it was, you walk in there and she'd really transform this space and really showcase the clothing in such a beautiful way where you felt like you were truly having an experience. Yes, I could only buy mm -hmm. there when it was like 70 or 80% off. <laughs> she had great sales. She did have great, great sales. sales. And so that was, and that's my hustle. Mm -hmm. It's, mm -hmm. I love to buy a luxury at a discount, mm -hmm. which is how the vintage well, who contest. who doesn't love a good discount? I know. Yeah, it's like a, the great reward. It you know, you is. waited patiently and, and now you, you have, have that. Yeah. 
So you, um, you're exposed mm. to so many amazing things. And like, how did you, when you started there, sure. what was your fashion style? How did you choose to buy? Oh, I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. I mean, I relied on others like Evelyn and, you know, even going to, when I was at Cool Linscombe, you know, having to teach myself, have to, having to study the brands, like taking home brochures and, and meeting with different reps. And, you know, there was a lot of great, greatly, there was a lot of education available to me. Um, but it and was that something... was before the internet was, you just go on and type in the person's name uh, and their yeah, whole collection. There might have been internet at that time. I mean, yeah. there was internet, mm -hmm. but it wasn't like you could pull up and see their collection from this year and that right, year. And right. it took more like interacting. It did. It did. It took it a lot of time, like but I had a general interest. Like I wanted to yes. further, you know, I mean, I wanted to educate myself, you know, cause it's not something that I'm learning at university of Houston. It's right. really cool luxury brands that you know, I was surrounded by, and in order for me to, you know, talk to customers about them, I, I needed to know, I needed to know everything, what colors it came in, and when it was designed, and who the designer was, and so it was, it was fascinating, I was intrigued, you know, I just wanted to, like, gobble it up as much as I could, and that's kind of how it really started, I guess, yeah. And I didn't know you were with Neil Hamill. I was with Neil Hamill, yes. So when I left Cool Linscombe, I was there from 2004 to 2009. Uh, Jeff Shell had approached me and said, Chrissy, you know, Allie had just gotten married, his sister, mm -hmm. who was uh, moving to Germany to be with her new husband, Martine. And um, and sh they needed someone to take her, visit, fill, over, for, fill in for her um, uh, as the runway booking agent. So I was dealing with models, um, who were being booked for like Neiman's and Academy and Saks and dealing with Lenny Matuszewski and Tamara Bonar. Oh, Lenny and, and so all, all these fashion shows that were happening. So it was my job to basically, you know, secure the model and give them all the information that they need and, and, and get them the business that they wanted. So um, I realized early on that that was probably not my forte. That um, takes a very, you know, specific personality to handle that type of um, collective. And uh, it was a great, again, another mm -hmm. one of those pivotal moments in my life where I learned so much, was exposed to so much in a short amount of time. And um, and the best, and the, I mean, that's the thing is you had, you were with the best. Kulinskum yeah. is, I travel the world, the way they merchandise, what they buy, that mm -hmm. exposure, Ellen. And then Nikki. Yeah, I know. Tootsies. Wow, he, girl. He, he was, I mean, that was probably the most defining time in my life because A, I was like coming of age and, and, and really kind of finding my stride. And he did so much, not only for me as a person, but just developing me as a human being and really kind of teed me up for this next chapter of my life. Mm -hmm. I had an executive coach that I got to see weekly, you know, and he, Initially, when he hired mm -hmm. me, he was offering me kind of the full mm -hmm. platter. And, you know, I remember going to him. I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Like, as mm -hmm. much as I want to say yes, I, I can't say yes. Mm -hmm. I can. This is what I can do for you right now. But, mm -hmm. you know, maybe ask me in a year or two. And um, and it took me a while to get there. But um, I also love that mm -hmm. about you. And yeah. I, I've tried to talk with our team members to say, you know, we're going to ask a lot of you as business owners, sure. but you need to, we need to find out what you're capable of doing sure. and not putting you in positions that you want to stretch people, but not to where they're, sure. they don't have 
the but bandwidth mm -hmm. to do that and that and that. Well, and I think people have to, and what I understood early on, A, is that I didn't have the level of confidence that was needed for that role, and that's something mm -hmm. that I needed to work on. Mm -hmm. um, second, you know, I needed to, the foundation, and there was a lot of, when you start peeling back the layers, it's very complex, right? Yes. And I knew that I needed to learn other skill sets to be successful in that role. And um, initially, it hired me to help, you know, be on the sales floor, work with all the commission sales associates. And then, you know, there was an area where we were lacking at the time where we didn't have a lot mm -hmm. of lower priced or entry level price points, accessories, even some contemporary brands. And so he brought me on to help buy for different departments that he created when I came on board. So was Leah there then? No, she wasn't. Okay. She wasn't. We actually met in Austin. So my husband is an art dealer. And, oh, and we have to talk a lot about yes, him. <laughs> yes, love my life. And um, he was, we were at this opening for James Terrell. James Terrell is one of their artists that they represent. Mm -hmm. He and Hiram Butler, who um, is the owner of the gallery. And um, so Leah was there in Austin at this event. And I said, I don't know a single person here. There was probably a couple hundred people. And I said, that couple looks really interesting and cool. And I'm going to go talk to them. And sure enough, we met. And she asked me where I was working at the time. And I said, I'm working for Tootsies. And I think she... Um, it looked like she was about to faint. Um, and then she had told me that she had a history with Mickey and she had started working with him in the 80s and left to go work for Barney's. And But Leah has become one of my closest friends and she is just an exceptional being who you should also have on this podcast. 100%. Yeah. Like, I just want to go back and type all the names you've said <laughs> because it is, like, I know that people that watch mm -hmm. this are fashion people yeah. that also have other interests. And sure. I think... It, it, um, I want to really focus more. Neil is going to be our guest next oh, week. Oh, love Neil. Yay. He's so, so, but, um, so Leah and I know each other because her brother and I were in college together. Mm -hmm. So we go way back, but, um, I want to go to what you said sure. about parties because I've been, mm -hmm. um, I mentioned quite often cause it's on my mind so much this, um, Ted talk I'm writing or inspirational speech sure. and, I noticed something that I do that I keep, because I keep trying to get with the special sauce. When I meet people that are like loving their careers. Sure. And one of the things I find is that they're open to seeing people they find interesting and talking to them. And Absolutely. I remember that in the beginning of my, when I started, I went from being in the construction industry to fashion. I would walk in a room and not know anyone. Now we know most people, but if you're in a new city and you don't know anyone, who do you talk to? And I found someone interesting mm -hmm. whose fashion I found magnetic. Yes. And then went and would talk to them to see then if we could get into a deeper, more meaningful conversation too quickly. Sure. And she does that. She can oh. go deep quick. I oh, mean, very. we can go like surf it. And that's the other thing when you're talking to a fashion girl, it's like you're talking about migraines or something mm -hmm. serious because mm -hmm. we both suffer with them. Sure. Then we're like, oh my God, where did you, this is <laughs> fabulous. Oh, and that. And tell me about yeah. the doctor. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the like art is pivoting. It, it's you can pivot just, quickly, yeah. But Leah is, she's truly a magnificent person and, and uh, just, yeah, she's wonderful. So can't say enough about her. And, um, and the other thing I think is interesting is it's mm -hmm. people um, who stand out in a room, who mm -hmm. don't have the exact, they're not dressed in um, all Oscar de la Renta. Mm -hmm. They're mixing different things and, and, and I mean, part of it was I couldn't afford all Oscar sure. de la Renta. Sure. But there's ways and there's designers and there's feelings that you can get 
closer. And now with the vintage and mm -hmm. the pre-owned market being so mainstream. And you're exposed to so much too whenever you travel. Yes, and I, um, that's my favorite thing when I go to a city is to try to find a boutique where mm -hmm. they have some a brand that's different or something different. Mm -hmm. And for me, I like to try on too. Sure. And, um, but your perfect model figure, yeah. you could probably buy off the rack and know your size. No, body has changed now that I'm in my 40s, but um, it's sweet of you to say that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I was always the type of person where I needed to physically be in a store. I wanted uh -huh. to connect to a human being that was there and I wanted them to educate me and I wanted that to be a part of my experience. So that is still always will be what I'm attracted to. That's what yes. I like. And that's why I go to different stores and I have different people that I work with within those stores. Um, but I am finding that I am spending, I mean, I do buy things online now, which I fought it for a very long time. Uh -huh. But I think the pandemic has kind of changed that for me. Right, because we just couldn't and we couldn't go right. like we used to. Right. We couldn't travel the places. So do you have, when you're in New York, do you have a few little boutiques that you like oh, to sure. go shop and oh, like gosh. in Paris and yes yes so New York always first and foremost I would love kind of like my first stop would be ABC Carpet and Home and they had up until recently a their top floor was dedicated to fashion and accessories and they never had the most, knew that and they had the most avant-garde brands everything from vintage to you know, beautiful kimonos wow. from the 40s and, uh. you know, lingerie. And, but it, it was the way that it was curated or executed and presented was so incredibly beautiful. I remember when I was searching before I was finding things to wear when I was uh -huh. getting married, when um, Josh and I were planning our wedding for New York, um, I remember going there and buying, you know, a few little pieces to kind of go with, you know, for what I was going to be wearing that weekend. And it was so special, you know, again, I got it on sale, you know, and it was one of those things where I just loved it and I just could not wait. I mm -hmm. mean, I coveted these things and couldn't wait to wear them. So ABC Carpet and Home. Um, and then um, I love the Frankie shop. It's priced right. It's right over in Lower East Side. Um, I don't know that either. Yeah, and it, it's great. And they have another, they have a store also in St. Germain in Paris. Okay. And really chic. A lot of brands from Skin. Jeanette, are you writing these down? Uh, I will give them to you <laughs> okay, after good. this podcast. We got to get this written down. Um, but I always make sure that I go there because, again, yes. if you want something that is chic but not pricey, it's really uh, most of their things are accessible price points. I mean, you can buy a little a fabulous jumpsuit for like a hundred bucks. I mean, they have those surprise things there where mm -hmm. you're just like, oh my god, how did I not know that this was here? Um, but it's a very tiny shoebox of a store. I mean, it's not. It's not big and it's um kind of reminds me of the vintage contessa we are a shoe box for sure <laughs> you're a jewel got box you've you got shoes uh, yeah we've got jewels everywhere yeah um yeah i think that's was my that has been my favorite thing and i was also talking about this like what my passions are in life and when it would say like your um i remember as a young girl it would say hobbies and there wasn't a place that said shopping or fashion mm. and i was like but that's what i love to do mm. and people would say and i i have a friend in new york where i go visit her she's like well what um and you do love to go to galleries but she's mm. like what do you want to do i'm like i want to shop every day all day and i don't even have to buy yeah it's i just, just want to touch the, and i want to see who's shopping in there mm -hmm. and how they're styling it and what the with the street style You're a true is. buyer, understanding like consumer behavior. Yes, mm -hmm. and like Bill Cunningham, sure. I just had COVID, so I just dove in and watched all these great Netflix mm -hmm. 
things um, that, uh, and I just, I loved how he said he would just literally walk the streets and then he would notice that there was this thing that all these women were doing and it looked good. Mm -hmm. And that's what he would put in the New York Times as the trend. But sure. it wasn't even, I mean, they were beautiful socialite women, but mm -hmm. the trends can come from everywhere. The most, I mean, I think that's the most fun part for me. I mean, like you, whenever you're traveling is the discovery, right? Yeah. Discovering something new and then also just people watching because every culture is different. Everyone has different habits depending on where you are. So it's always fascinating for me. I mean, Josh and I just went to New York back in um, uh -huh. mid, early December and just being there. Granted, it was still kind of coming back to life. But it, for me, it was like, I don't want to, I'm not doing any work. This is pure pleasure. Yes. And I remember just, Josh was working and visiting artists at their studios uh -huh. and I would just walk. I would take the subway. I would walk. I, I mean, I, there was certain things that I wanted to see and do like the Dior exhibit in Brooklyn. Um, but it was just fun just being outside and just observing, you know, and I think that's one of the things as I'm sure you too, especially during COVID is like, uh, yes. you know, we've all had to learn ourselves better and be still in a time where we weren't really didn't know how to do that or wanted to do that because you and I are very social beings and so being in the mix of things and connecting to people is something that we really enjoy um, it fills our cup yeah totally but also too what I'm learning about myself is that you know being present and being consciously aware and, and being still you know, it's something that I'm still learning. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And mm -hmm. I felt like even when I was at Tootsie's, I was constantly running from thing to thing. Right. And I just never had time to focus on myself to like practice self-care. And it is so important for us, for me, especially, um, you know, I'm doing acupuncture and, you know, I can't say that I'm exercising all the time. It's something that my husband is really like pushing me to do just for my own mental health. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, do you, do you enjoy yoga? Bella and I, I haven't, started. I haven't really spent a lot of time doing yoga, but I'm, I'm open. I'm open to mm -hmm. anything that will free the mind and that will help me just be a better version of myself. Um, whatever and, that is. And what I love about yoga is that it's about breath. Cause I feel like our breaths sure. can truly calm us. Sure. And, um, I love the sweat part of it and then how your body has endorphins afterwards. So I, you really get that, that high I get that the endorphin high after I go. Okay. And I have to put my phone down. So it really, and, but you're not, cause I have a hard time meditating because I, uh, <laughs> Rob jokes with his sister cause she goes to these, um, retreats every year where you don't speak for a week and you meditate. Oh, that it's would like, be hard. What did you think about? Because you're not supposed to be mm -hmm. thinking. But like to mm -hmm. to have your brain let go of all of our to-do lists because mm -hmm. we're very to-do list people. Mm -hmm. And yes. what do we get done? And to know that you're just... Crossing things off the list. We're so yeah. cross off the list. Okay, so cross off the list. You just went to um, Dallas for market yes. to buy for... So yes. you're, you're running the incredible incredible store. I mean, I, I I remember getting to the place mm -hmm. in my career that I felt like I could, I don't know why I felt like I had to be so successful to start buying coffee table books, but like they make me feel so fulfilled to just sit with a beautiful like slim errands and look sure. at those like, and you, I mean that 
I think of the museum. That was where mm -hmm. I first had like great experiences mm -hmm. with with books. But you also have you have objects. You have clothes. Right. So I am dabbling a little bit in apparel if it makes sense for what we have going on. What's on view in the museum? Okay. Um, like for instance, we have Georgia. There's a Georgia O'Keeffe exhibit mm -hmm. up currently. Uh, photography exhibit, which actually closes this Sunday, the seventeenth. Um, but what I found whenever I was researching, especially when we have a traveling exhibition, it's my job to research about what things would complement that exhibition or traveling mm -hmm. exhibition. And in this case, you know, Georgia wore Mary Mecco like a lot during her art making practice and living in the desert. Granted, she wore muted tones, mm -hmm. a lot of grays, a lot of blacks, mm -hmm. um, but Mary Mecco uh, is a brand that is um, from Finland and um, you know, has a lot of bold, beautiful prints from the 60s and 70s. And so it's very iconic and there's a cult following. And so I felt, you know, well, maybe this would be a good, you know, collaboration. And so I reached out to Mary Mecco, went to see their flagship store in New York. And oh, wow. and so we did a small um, collaboration. So I am mm -hmm. dabbling in that. And, and I did buy it for spring even after the exhibition closes. So we mm -hmm. just got our last delivery this past week. So, and it's been selling. So we're doing home accessories. Um, so, you know, everything from like pot holders to um, decorative trays, to their classic umbrellas, to apparel. So, um, and it's been fun just to, you know, you know, try something new and different. Again, it's, that, it's about that discovery for me where mm -hmm. it's not always the same. I don't always have to follow the same guidelines for every time we have an exhibition. I get to change it up. And I think that's the beauty about where I'm at now you know, I'm surrounded by beautiful art from, you know, all over the world. And the museum has an encyclopedic collection. So if I ever get in a rut and I feel like I need a little boost of inspiration, I, you know, stop my computer for a minute and I just go wander the galleries. And and again, it's, it's a way to kind of recharge. I mean, it is, in a sense, you were speaking of meditation. I mean, to me, that is. Is, that is something that where I can just kind of turn things off and it's about what what I'm seeing that moment and having that experience. And then I can go back and kind of, you know, get back to my day. So that that's one of the great things about working there, you know, and, and also too, just getting to change it up. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I, I'm buying for multiple stores. It's the main shop. We have um, a shop that we open up in the new Kinder building. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a pop-up shop currently for our, the Impressionist exhibition that is um, from MFA Lawson, and then Bayou Bend, which is a little, um, the house museum that is off campus, but it's more of like a garden inspired shop and things that um, one might find in that space to complement, um, you know, what I'm a hog created at Bayou Bend. So, um, and every season's different and, and that's a really fun thing for me. So, and I'm really enjoying it, yeah. And what about fashion at the museum are there oh, yeah. some things coming forward that you can share with us or sure sure um you know i'm getting ready to go to market again in uh -huh. in february in new york so uh you know right now i'm in like i said i'm bringing mary mecco forward uh -huh. there's another brand of apparel that i bought called anti audi and i think a lot of those um not anti audi i'm sorry it's injury injury um, and they, it's clothes that are made in India. So really okay. beautiful kind of breezy dresses. I did buy some tops, but it has kind of an indigo um, uh, look and feel, um, all hand dyed um, with indigo. 
so it, it's different. So uh, hopefully you'll you'll get to see that in the coming weeks. I still need to photograph that. I am going to mm -hmm. be putting it on our online store, and that's something else we launched in 2020. So that's been taking up quite a bit of time as well, in addition to all my other responsibilities. So, so. I watched the um, the Netflix, or I, maybe it's not Netflix, but the streaming of the Met Gala and how oh. and the different ways that they put together, like the Chinese exhibit and how they brought in the clothing. Is there a fashion exhibit collaboration coming forward? No, not at this time. Not that I'm, there isn't anything on the calendar mm -hmm. um, in the next coming year, but trust me, I mean, if that were to happen, you know, you would definitely be on the list to know. Um, but right now, I, I think uh, they, they, they do have some exciting exhibitions planned for fall. I'm not at liberty to say what they are mm -hmm. as of yet because that information hasn't been announced. Um, but uh, they do have some things. Hopefully, in the near future, we'll, we'll get to see something like that. I mean, Oscar de la Renta yes, was, that an, was an, an icons of fashion. Yes. yes. So those were the two last uh, fashion exhibitions that, that we just... had. And Oscar was a huge hit. I mean, that was... You know, he's a beloved um, fashion figure and an icon. And, um, you know, there's a lot of ladies who love wearing Oscar de la Renta here in Houston. And so it was kind of like a, you know, a big coup for the museum to get that. And, um, and very well received, you know. And the shop did great, of course, since we were able to carry a little bit of Oscar in the shop and then, you know, have fashion accessories. And I've, I have found any time I do any sort of like fashion accessory in a big, bold stroke, it's always a success. I mean, it just does well. I mean, people love it, so. So with this exposure, people ask me, how do I decide what to buy? How do you decide what to buy? Because our whole journey is about it. Yeah, I think that's something that I learned, honestly, when I was mm -hmm. at Cool Linscombe, because we had to buy for such a big store. Um, you know, I forget what the square footage there is now. It's like 100,000 square feet, but we're buying from everything from garden to, mm -hmm bedding to housewares to fashion mm -hmm. accessories. Um, now they're ca carrying apparel. We didn't really buy apparel at that time. Um, but that was the best training for me. And, um, and it's learning how to be decisive, knowing your customer base, knowing you know how does it fold into what we're doing at the museum, what's on view. Um, so I really take all that in consideration. Usually when I go to market, I am armed with all my checklists, for all the exhibitions, I'm studying oh, them. Oh, and so I'm, you're very focused. Yeah, I'm reading them on the plane. I'm looking them over. Yes. So that it's like I have that, like, of knowing what in my memory of what you to, need to of fill. what I need to focus on. Usually, I have a list, a running list on my phone, iPad. So all that comes with me. So um, and then I review that every night, you know, and, mm -hmm. and that way, whenever I'm going through the markets and I'm meeting with the different different vendors, mm -hmm. I can usually spend a few minutes in a booth and immediately size up what I need to buy. Um, some, and how do you not buy one of each for yourself? Uh, you know what? It's fun. You know, it's funny that you ask that because the art of looking is almost more satisfying mm -hmm. than buying. Um, and, you know, making that selection for my customer base is even more thrilling, right? If there's something that I absolutely, and this is my motto for anything that I feel like I have to own, I have to absolutely love it love it where it's like if I can't stop thinking about it, you know, I'll wake up thinking about it, go to bed thinking about it, and I didn't buy it, then I'll go back and buy it. But um, but I've learned, you know, years being a good buyer is like self-control. 
It I mean, is. It, yeah. it, there, we do have that. I mean, that's something that you develop over time. Mm -hmm. I think initially, you know, when I was buying in, in that role at Cole Linscombe, sure, I would walk into every single booth and was like, well, let's just, you know, buy one of each. And it's like, not everyone has the budget to do that, right? Probably some stores, but, um, you know, we just don't have the budget to do that. And mm -hmm. it wouldn't be a smart buying decision. So for yourself or for any store that you work at, but learning to be be decisive. It is so true. And then uh, share with us a little bit about what you've added to your wardrobe this winter and what you're adding in spring. Or have you decided that yet? Um, that's interesting you asked that. Um, you know, I, I love jumpsuits. It's and like you wear my, them it's like so my uniform. Because well. mm -hmm. um, you're active. I'm you very don't go active. sit at a desk. I mean, I do sit at a desk, but, but I, if I'm in the museum and I'm moving, yeah. like I'm doing a lot of walking, but I also like to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's funny. I always kind of elevated my look a little bit more when I was at Tootsie's because it was very high fashion. Mm -hmm. Here, I still like to kind of thread that in there a little bit, mm -hmm. but um, you know, most days I'm in tennis shoes um, and you know a jumpsuit, but jumpsuits and um, what else? Um, Goodness. Are you big on accessories? Do you have a new bag that you've, or do I you stick with the same I haven't bought a new bag, bag, but I spotted a Celine bag over there in that <laughs> corner that I'm just like, do I need this in my life? Um, you know, Are you funny. big on jewelry? Jewelry. I mean, the one thing that I always wear is my wedding band. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, I think Illa, um, Sadagi, who um, has Illa, the collection Illa, I mm -hmm. think it's in the same building. Okay. I don't um, know her but yet. But she is a... a a woman who's here in Houston, um, mm -hmm. and she recently branched off and started her own brand. But I saw this ring because we carried the the line at the time at Kolinskum years mm -hmm. ago, and she did it in yellow gold. And um, I remember saying to myself, you know, when I ever get married, I would love to mm -hmm. have this ring. And um, come to find yeah. out, rose gold looks better on my skin tone. So this is something that I always wear. Um, and then this is another little just gold bar necklace that I wear for my husband that he gave to me. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't wear, I guess, a ton of jewelry. But mm -hmm. um, for me, I guess my style is a little more understated, more mm -hmm. simple. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I can't recall off the top of my head, like, the latest thing that I purchased for myself. But, you know, if I were to buy anything for myself, it's usually a jumpsuit of some kind. Interesting. Yeah. And you told me you were the only museum buyer in Paris at market oh, from yes. the U.S. last yes. year. Yes, yes. So I went in September, and this is when we recently reinstated, you know, travel traveling again mm -hmm. for um, museum employees. And so I was able to go. It was my first market experience besides going back in August. I went to New York, and it was mm -hmm. kind of a disappointment. Um, just not a lot of brands that were there and um, just not a lot of new mm -hmm. Um not a lot of new um, merchandise. And so I did some research and found that Maison Objet was going on and, and that was being held in Paris, close to the airport. And it was interesting when I went there, it was, I mean, bigger than what I anticipated. However, still a, <clears throat> much smaller than previous years. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the brands that I hadn't seen in years were very prolific during COVID. And so they produced a lot. And, um, and come to find out when I was interfacing with a lot of not only new vendors, but some of the existing vendors that we worked with. Um, I was the only um, buyer from an American museum attending market. 
because um, I think a lot of people still had restrictions in place mm -hmm. with their employees and they weren't able to travel or they were just not ready. They Concerned, were so, right. Yeah, right. There was For concern themselves. about traveling. Yes. Um, but I felt it was one of the safest places to be. You know, I had to get my COVID tests every 72 hours. I Every day before I went there, I was armed with my, my double mask or my N95. And mm -hmm. I was like, I was determined to, you know, make a fun selection for the museum shops. And that I did. And it was probably one of the best experiences attending that market. And then again, you know, seeing a couple shows while I was there. And um, so it was really great experience. Yeah. Well, we have the Miami Beach Antique Show that is happening. Oh, that's right. Next week. And we are just so excited. It has been and it's, I mean, the way that we buy has changed because we were able to travel and go mm -hmm. to shows and then people from around the world would go to these shows in New York or even go to Hong Kong. We haven't been able. And you wait. were attending how many shows though? Quite a bit. Rob a traveled year. 200 days a year. So he was yeah. probably going to two different shows a month mm -hmm. at minimum mm -hmm. and four or five internationally. Mm -hmm. So um, it was, it's been a big change to, because um, for us, the different part is we're authenticating also, and we're looking at condition. Mm. So you have to do that. You have to make that assessment on the spot. Right. And so it's, it's more difficult. So now you really just buy from who you knew already mm -hmm. because you were trusted and you knew that there was a relationship there that was respected. Sure. But, um, but I've missed that um, ability to see and see the diff the way that like what's in a case and what are people responding to and what looks do they like and are open to. And so let me ask you this, what will you be looking for when you attend this show? Are there anything, is there anything specific in mind that you, you're on the hunt for? Um, I would say we have a wish list of clients for mm -hmm. different bags that they're mm -hmm. interested in. But interestingly, um, we've been able to buy more unique things, but it's the basic, like the black Chanel flat bag. Mm -hmm. If I could buy a hundred, I could sell a hundred, but we just can't find them. Yeah. So it's been, it's been different. So we have wish list of certain watches that we're buying or, um, uh, somebody, um, wants a, um, turquoise ring or someone else wants a pearl ring. So those are the fun things for me to go and look and send images but um and the other thing is i found if i'm really passionate about it then it's i a win the, it's a win because if i want to wear it and it suits my style then a lot of people following us like my style so generally they would like it too but it, it's so hard you can't just buy everything just no. because you like it right um but i'm so excited to have that ability to go travel again and connect with people. I sure. mean, that was my, that was even more so for Eugene and Rob. They spent a good deal of their time with these people. Sure. Are, are you able to, like there's people that you've met that are your sources and I guess you're not seeing them and not connecting because those are your trusted people. It's a different way now. It, it is a different way, you know, and, and it was hard, I think, for any for all of us, whenever we had to kind of switch digitally and try to buy online, it's just not the same because when you hold something in your hand, as you mentioned earlier, and you the, feel the texture feel the or texture. the weight, yes. and you see the reflection in different light mm -hmm. it, and how it, 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 has reads. A, it has a different meaning, right? It and, does. And sometimes there have been mistakes as a buyer, and I'm sure you have too, where you've bought something 
that you've only seen online and then you get it and you're like, oh, this was a mistake, mm -hmm. you know? And that's disheartening, right? And so, you know, I, I, try, I try not to buy so much online um, unless I know the quality and I've seen it in person and let's say it's a reorder, mm -hmm. you know, then fine. But um, I try not to go, you know, to the extreme if I'm purchasing, purchasing something online. So um, you have worked with so many different women on fashion. Was there anybody that you were kind of starstruck about that came into um, Tootsie's? Like, I feel like if Lynn, that I worked with, uh, or that you worked with as a as somebody who was shopping with you, that you were like, um, like if Lynn Wyatt walked in or Brene Brown walked in my store, I would be like, oh my god, I can't believe they're here and I get to shop with. Were there any experiences like that where you met clients or had? Um, sure, there there were a handful. Um, or do you want it to be private? Because so like it came out recently that Fady works with Beyonce. Oh no, I didn't know that. I missed that. <laughs> wow, that's that's a fun. Someone fact. told me that, and I was like, "What? Yeah, how has he not been telling all of us that?" Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of clients are very discreet, you and know? that's the other thing. Like, I can't say. I bought this bag from this person and yeah. you bought that bag because I don't want to tell who bought and who. But even some of the customers that were the most challenging to work uh -huh. with, I enjoyed. As Interesting. As, as weird as that sounds, uh -huh. you know, because my job was to basically have them leave with a happy experience. Yes. So it was a challenge for me to basically turn whatever it is that they walked in here with to where they feel completely different and they walk out. And I would, eventually, it took time and an extraordinary amount of effort for me to win them over. You yes. know, because they didn't and know me, they didn't trust, trust me. Yes. And by the end of it, they're like, oh, oh, Chris, you, you do have style and you are interesting. And, and, and sometimes it took a few visits for, the, for them to kind of get there. Yes, um, and then they come in and they only want you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and that's then, the that other was, catch that twenty-two. Was, that was the other struggle. It's like there were sales associates that they worked with for years, but then I would get looped into the fold, and like, oh, but I just want to work with you. I'm like, well, you know, it wouldn't be fair to you because I'm gonna I'm gonna be getting paged constantly at the front desk, and I'm running all over the store right. doing the exact same thing with you with other individuals, and I want to make sure you get the time and attention that you need, and. You know, so there, I will constantly pop in, just check on you and see how you're doing. So I did a lot of that and I was, you know, always getting exercise. I probably ran like 10 miles or walked 10 miles. I know that was kind of pre-watch, count your steps every second. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I definitely got them there. Um, but yeah, I think there were so many amazing women that I worked with. I mean, countless, you know, pleasant, funny, challenging, difficult, Mm -hmm. I mean, I had, you know, everything, you know, top to bottom, but it was, it was incredibly fun. Um, the energy that was on that floor every day was just full on. And it's like better eat your Wheaties before you step onto <laughs> the sales floor. Cause the moment I stepped on that sales floor, a lot of times I wasn't out of there until well after seven, if we had a party, I'd get there at eight, I'd stay till 10, sometimes later than that. And I would go home and then my sweet husband would have dinner ready, like waiting, you know, and that's just not my life anymore. It was fun. It was a great chapter. Wouldn't change it for anything. And I met Mickey, you know, he invested in me and my future and 
that is a relationship that I always hold near and dear. And now you're mentoring other people that are on your team. Yeah, and that's been fun for me too. You know, who who doesn't love being needed? And and you know, obviously I want to pay it forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my job requires a lot of focus, and you know, when I can be on the sales floor and work with some of those team members, that's always very rewarding. Um, but yeah, it's it's this is it's it's a different chapter in my career, and I'm loving it. You know, so. Uh, one of the things we talk about, um, in, on podcast is authenticity. Like, how do you know it's real? How do you know relationships are real? How do you know the people in your life are real? How do you know when you feel something and you want to keep investing into it? Um, when do you know when to pivot? Like, how did you know it was time to change careers? How did you know like where to go next and I, what? I didn't. I think, you know, I think it's different for everyone. But I think at the time when I decided to depart Tootsie's and move on to the museum, A, I thought this was a very interesting challenge because they needed a lot of help basically revamping their shop at the museum. Mm-hmm. And they were working with a group of consultants named Moss Bureau, which was part of my education as a buyer early on. We, mm-hmm. he, Murray Moss had a really incredible store, him and his partner, Franklin Getchell, called Moss on Green Street, um, you know, early 2000s. And we would always go to their store as like part of my education. So the this new, was in New York. This was in New York. Mm-hmm. And so the museum was working with them as a group of consultants um, to kind of revamp the store. And when I found out that they were consulting the museum, I was like, oh, that's yeah, that interesting. Was, and mm-hmm. so that piqued my interest because, you know, Murray was at the time I looked at him, I was like, oh, my God, this guy's incredible. I would love to be in the mix with him and learn from him because he was such a, a unique um, uh, individual. And, you know, I never thought in a million years I would ever leave Mickey. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that I would be a lifer working at Tootsie's until the day that I die, you know, because um, there's a lot of people that work there for 30, 40 years, right? And he was so connected yes, I mean, with his team that it was a family. It was a family and, and still is mm-hmm. under the you know reign of Norman Lewis. Um, but Mickey was such an incredible, I've never, to this day, I've never met anybody like him. Mm-hmm. He was magnetic. He was complicated, but sensitive and, and really was all about connecting with the person. Uh-huh. It didn't matter, you know, where you came from, what your background was, what your history was. He wanted to connect with you. And if uh-huh. the, he didn't feel that connection, and going back to your question about authenticity and how do you know it's real, it is a feeling. It is a deep underlying connection where you just know in your bones that it is real, right? And uh-huh. it's a relationship. There's an investment that has to be made. and On both on sides. On both sides, yes. mutually, uh-huh. um, and, and mutual investment. And for me, you know, yes, there are relationships that I've, I've said goodbye to because the connection either was lost mm-hmm. and either I changed or they changed. Yep. And what appealed to me then, five years ago doesn't appeal to me now. And now that I'm actually 44, weird to say that, but now that I'm 44, I'm in a different headspace. Yes. And I don't have time to like dilly dally and play that dance or games, you know, as we once did in our twenties and thirties, you know, you know, I want to connect with people and make life lasting relationships. 
and and I'm always open to meeting new people and making mm -hmm. new friends and that's you know the part of discovery and having that <clears throat> that newness in our life and um, but I will say I've got a great you know group of friends you being one of them and um, and I feel like this is like a new part of our relationship too that I'm getting to discover which is fun and mm -hmm. and lovely and and again it's you know just enriching ourselves learning from other people like what makes them tick and in a way that also helps me evolve and grow and I think there's something really wonderful about that you know I never want to just be complacent you know I always want to just you know try to invest in myself meet new people you know nurture the friends and family that I have and mm -hmm. and and grow from that and um, and that will be a lifelong journey for me you know I never want that to stop and I'm sure the same is true for you and that's what I found is truly authentic people who have a purpose yeah. who have something that is greater than just the moment right that's in their mindset they take time to reflect and they truly connect with their people sure and they have people that they can rely upon sure. and then they commit to doing the work mm -hmm. because it is we're every and I've changed instead of calling them successful people mm -hmm. every authentic person that's able to really find joy I find is in that growth mindset sure. they're never standing still okay with it and there and there's a willingness to self-reflect sure. as much as to look at others with judgment it's discernment on both sides of it right and I I think that that's so helpful and I um, I'm so inspired by what you shared I think people listening today are so inspired by your journey I'm oh. just love that um, that you get to do what you love yeah. in just such an amazing it way is a, it is a dream I remember like praying about it for a long time you know I, I would love to have an opportunity where I get to you know not only have be active on a selling floor and be integrated in some way having the merchandising aspect selecting merchandise being able to travel having new experiences yes and you know my job has taken me all over I've been to Amsterdam I've been to Paris I've gotten to go to India New York I mean it's it's great I mean it's it's what I've always like hoped one day where I would be yes and and here I am and talking about it today with you is pretty special so Aww. thank you well, thank you for having me yes thank you so much Chris yeah. thank you bye guys